your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me this hour is Christy Tweed. She is with the group called Citizen Action of Wisconsin, and more specifically, she's with the group. She's the community organizer for the Driftless Region of Citizen Action of Wisconsin, so all of Southwest Wisconsin. Hi, Christy. How are you? Good. How are you? I am okay. It's Monday, so you know, like as we get through the week, it'll be I'll be doing better. Um, but I but I brought Christy on today. We we talked about healthcare a little bit last week, so I I wanted and and you must have heard that conversation. Email me, but I uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. And you kind of have like a local at least a Wisconsin angle of how uh, Wisconsinites can deal with healthcare or, or maybe should or, or could or hopefully could change healthcare in, in the state. But uh, also Citizen Action of Wisconsin is working uh, on some stuff dealing with climate, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, Christy, what is Citizen Action of Wisconsin? What, what, can you talk about the group a little bit and what you do? Yeah, sure. We are a nonprofit organization, and we organize around the state uh, around a couple of key issues. Our flagship issue is healthcare, so that's near and dear to my heart. Um, we work on healthcare both locally and at the state level, and uh, we do climate work and some movement politics work. So, trying to get the right people in office that are willing to co-govern. And by what I mean by that is just basically give us, give constituents a seat at the table, listen to your uh, constituents and make sure you're hearing them out. So trying to get those people in office, or if those people are already in office, trying to get your voices heard that, hey, a lot of people here are, you know, for this and and maybe changing a, a legislator's mind on how, on how they view something. Exactly. Yes. Like Steve Doyle, when I, when I, I, this was a while ago, but in the, well, Minnesota's legalized marijuana, Wisconsin hasn't done anything with it, but Steve Doyle always, and his, maybe his, his opinion has changed because this might have been something he told me two years ago, but it just stuck with me. He goes, I'm not so much for recreational marijuana. He goes, I, and I don't remember if, what he said about medical, but he said, I put out a survey to my constituents and they always come back saying this about marijuana. So he goes, so that's my view on marijuana based on being a state legislator. So I, I don't know, like maybe maybe something like that. You you send you bombard them with enough people and, and information about, hey, we we have this viewpoint on this topic and, and that'll maybe change their mind on something. Yes, we do. And in fact, before I leave today, I will give you your uh, listeners a phone number so they can call and call or email their legislators and let them know about a few of the topics we talk about today. Now, just before we we, we dive into healthcare and and uh, and, and some climate talk, the Brewers' deal. Uh, there, Melissa Agard, the Democrat in the Senate, I think the top Democrat in the Senate, said today that they don't have enough votes to pass the Brewers' deal, and I believe it's like five hundred seventeen million dollars of public money. Not all of that is across the state; some of it's Milwaukee city and county. Okay, so Citizen Action, do they have? Do you guys have like a we we feel this on the Brewers? Like we don't want it. Like make the Brewers pay for it, or is it like a, not so cut and dry? Well, I haven't been personally involved a lot, but we have folks in Milwaukee that have been working on this for sure. And we think the current deal, the one they 
turned down today was just a bad deal for the public. It just doesn't serve the public's interest, and we know there's a better deal out there. Okay, and what, and, what I'm and what I'm getting at is, I believe our assembly reps, and I don't know because I think this would have they changed the deal, so it'd have to pass the Senate. And then it would go back to the assembly. So Jill Billings and Steve Doyle, I believe, already signed off on the deal that isn't even going to be the deal anymore because the Senate will change it. So at this point, like all three Democratic reps are up in the air on the on the Brewers deal in terms of like the public being able to voice their opinion. Right. It's not a it's not a done deal with Jill Billings and um, Steve Doyle in the assembly. Right. We could still bombard them with how we think about the Brewers deal. Yes, absolutely. And I I do think. Senator Brad Path was against this deal. So, yeah, I mean, we always encourage you both to not, not like, call and complain, but just call them and tell them what you think, how you think they should vote, and why you think that way. And also call them and thank them when they, when they vote the way you want them to. Like when, so uh, we just don't want you to just, just yell at them. We want you to just give your opinion and uh, make sure you're thanking them when they do the right thing. This would probably be a better question for a state rep, but do they want the call? or do, Is it just easier to email, or do emails not have as big of an impact? Like, Do you need the, do you need the voicemail? I, don't, I feel like well, nobody voicemails so anymore. There is an 800 number. Um, it's 800-362-9472. Uh, that is a, it's a manned hotline during the day. They have regular working hours, so at night you'll get a voicemail. But yep. if you call during the day, they'll ask you where you live, and they will shoot you over to the right representative's office. Or you can go to legis. So L-E-G-I-S dot wisconsin dot gov and you do the same thing there you enter in your address and it tells you all your right. uh representatives and you can shoot them off an email yeah you avoided the question completely did I, did <laughs> I just I? I just wonder if they want the voicemail or can they read the email and go okay this is this is just as it's just as impactful Oh man, yeah. You better ask the you better ask right. the representatives. That yeah, I, yeah, I don't know which one they prefer. are. They more impacted by the the passion in your voice on a voicemail, or are they annoyed because they got to listen for thirty seconds on a voicemail? Um, all right. When we come back, we're going to talk about healthcare in Wisconsin and what Citizens Action of Wisconsin is doing to uh, to make people's lives better. I'm guessing it's not. It's probably you're probably not trying to make people's lives worse. But uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with Christy Tweed in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me is Christy Tweed. She is a community organizer for the Driftless Region of Citizen Action of Wisconsin. How long have you been with the groups, Christy? I have been with them a year. I started a year ago on my birthday, so almost exactly a year. And what is it about about that group that this cause, right? Well, I mean, I had a normal job. I was running a small marketing consulting firm, and I started doing some organizing around some issues that were important to me in Holman. And then I actually ran for county board. So I got just started getting involved. And I just, you know what, when I was, when I was knocking on doors, when I was running for county board, I just got talking to folks, and I really enjoyed it. I liked hearing their opinions, and I decided I just wanted to go all in. I basically stopped my business and took a job with Citizen Action. Again, their flagship cause is healthcare, which is near and dear to my heart. I've been passionate about it for a long time. So it just was a natural fit, and I decided I wanted to kind of spend my last, I don't know, 10 years of my working career doing something I'm passionate about. 
Yeah, you, you want to get health care passed before you really, really, really need it, right? <laughs> more, you know what? More, I want it for my kids and my grandkids, right? Like, I want to make sure they have a, a good community and good health care, and we're doing something about climate, and I'm, I'm doing it for them. All right. So when it comes to a healthcare talk, there's the there's the giant issue. And you could just say, you know, if you want to take my position, we need. A, my, so my campaign slogan, if I was running is I don't have to think about it, healthcare, or we don't have to think about it, healthcare, where I just get healthcare. If I'm sick, I go to the doctor. I don't have to think about like anything that has to do with the payment to the doctor. I just have to think about my health. Um, I, like and then there's more of a conversation about what Wisconsin can do to help its citizens in a better get in a better position with healthcare. So, do you want to talk ta- tackle the the giant one or the or the the local one? Well, so I feel like yes, you're right. That would be amazing if that's the way the world worked, right? Or if that's the way it was in the United States or in Wisconsin. But we also have to be realists, and we know we got to take stepping stones to get there, right? Yep. So we've got to look at what can pass in a very heavy gerrymandered legislator, legislature, right? So we are always trying to take steps to get to that point. And, you know, like we worked for a long time on Badger Care expansion uh, through the budget process. And that, if you know, that's the, those are the federal dollars that would have come back to the state to expand our current Badger Care program to more people. It would have covered 90,000 more Wisconsinites and we would have saved $2.6 billion per budget cycle. So, like, every two years. It's kind of a no-brainer, but well, it when you, still and, didn't pass this year in and, the budget. And when process. you say we would have saved, you say Wisconsin's, like, taxpayers? Yeah, because right now we send our tax dollars to the federal government. And when they built the ACA, Ford they Care Act, yep. said you could you know, have your own exchange and run your own, or you could do it through ours. And here's some dollars to, here's your, some of your tax dollars back to expand Medicaid to uh, 130%, I think it was of the poverty level. And we have refused that. So we, so our tax dollars are going to other states to help them. Yeah. Because when, and when you say Wisconsin, every budget cycle, so every two years, would save about two and a half billion dollars because if they expanded Medi- Medi- Badger Care, right, or Medicare, what are we calling it? Be- expand what? Well, ba- Badger Care is Medicare. Okay. It's our just Wisconsin Medicaid. All right, so, Medicaid. Sorry, not no, that's Medicare. Fine. Medicaid. And the the other way to say that is it's costing Wisconsin taxpayers two and a half billion dollars to not expand Badger Care in the state, and we've done that. I think like. What twelve, fourteen years? We haven't we haven't expanded it every every two years. We've we've done that. Yeah, and we're one of only ten states that hasn't, and it's really a shame. Okay, so um, yeah, so, cover more people for less money. You know, like how is that an issue? But and here's what I'll tell you: I've done I've done a lot of doors and called a lot of people in our area, and and healthcare is not partisan at the doors it's only partisan in madison right okay so when we expand let's let's just do this first badger care if we expanded it you give me a percentage of poverty level that number means nothing to me i have no idea when you say it's 130 percent of poverty i don't know what that means is there a number like if you make seventy thousand dollars then you'll like is there a way easier way to explain like who would be eligible if we expanded badger care 
Yeah, yeah, and and I only brought that up to talk about like our earlier work, but that did not happen through through the budget process. Right. So yeah. Now we're working on a Badger Care Public Option Bill that was introduced by uh, Representative uh, Christina Shelton out okay. of Green Bay, and that would expand that would expand Badger Care. And here, let, I believe there's a number. So it would ex- it's a major step towards making healthcare right the public coverage to everyone of a modern income, so people making less than $60,000 as a family of four. That is not, that is like uh, a straight fact that anyone with a family of four making under $60,000 a year would be covered. Okay, so, and they would have uh, what kind of coverage? So the Badger Care Public Option basically uh, creates a new, it shifts control away from insurance companies, right, and creates a public option so people could buy into Badger Care, what we already have right now, right, our Badger Care, where the government sets the prices and there's no uh, copay, very little copays and no claim denials because it's already worked out. So it would be competitive right on the ACA. You know, like when you pick your option, you yep. could go in and buy it. So not only would it increase the number of people getting Badger Care uh, uh, now, but it would allow people to buy in. And it also would create a, a option for employers who have less than 50 employees to buy a low-cost option for their employees, which has not been available in the past. All right. When you say we're going to expand Badger Care to a public option, and then also it's going to be eligible for people for families of four making under $60,000, are families of four automatically eligible to have this? And do they have to pay for it under $60,000? No. So those are the people that would, that would just be, it would be expanded to. Yep, they they, but, they get but, it. Yep. Right. But there would be like a basic plan so that anyone could buy into it. Yeah, so that's what I was example, getting at. Yep. Uh, my family, we both were self-employed, and we bought off the ACA, right? But it was like $2,000 a month, and our deductible was like $8,000 per, uh, per person, right. right? So now it gives people that are working, entrepreneurs, people who don't have employee coverage, an opportunity to go in and buy uh, off the exchange into Badger Care. Yeah, it's a so the there's two different things working here. There's a the 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 eligibility of people that are like working class that make under a certain amount of money would automatically be able to enroll in this. And then also if you just don't like your say so in Minnesota we have a we have Minsure and um it's our it's our what do you call it the 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 state run healthcare system where exchange. you can get yeah exchange yep. that's it. And and when I when we first created that, I tried to sign up for it because the subsidies would have allowed me to get a pretty good health care plan that 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 was good and affordable. And they said, oh, you're not eligible because you have a job. <laughs> so I couldn't get it. So I, I always wonder when somebody gives me this public option thing, uh, Badger Care public option is somebody with a job that can get health insurance through their job. And this might be too in the weeds for this for you to answer. Can they can they go? No, thanks. Work. I don't need your work insurance. I'm going to go sign up to the public option Badger Care Bill. 
Well, so it is a bit in the weeds, and I will say I don't know everything about the Minnesota law, but uh, the ACA said states can set up their own yeah, that, exchange, right? And that's so, Minnesota's stupid rule. I'm just saying, uh, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, so, I would love to not see that stupid rule in Wisconsin. The way it is written now, and we know this can change as amendments are made and it goes through the process, the way it is written now, anyone could go in and buy it, you know, they would yeah. compare it to their current plan or a private option and get the best deal, right? The way they are now. Yeah, for sure. So that the idea here is if this Badger Care option were part of a state plan that people could buy into, insurance companies would have to compete with it because it would probably be cheaper and the, the coverage would be better. Exactly. And, you know, quite often we hear that, oh, it's just going to cost other people more money. Well, the theory is that the private insurance companies, who, by the way, have kind of been ripping us off for a long time, have, will now have to be more competitive, right? Yeah, if, they're, if, not, if not the giant uh, upfront cost, at least if I'm paying, you said $2,000 a month or whatever, if, if you're at least paying that for yourself, then maybe the deductible isn't there or something. It would be, like, it would be awesome if the federal government would, said, uh, no deductibles, that's illegal. <laughs> You know, or something, right. or the deductible was like capped at like a hundred bucks a month or something like that. Well, yeah, if you're paying twenty four thousand dollars a year for insurance, but eight thousand dollars for deductible per person, you're really only paying in case you have a catastrophe, right? Right, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 unusable healthcare. But you you did say you did say the thing too. You said, uh, you know, everybody like why should. Why is why is this better for I guess you didn't say this part, but why is this better for the state like in general, like for everybody, um, as opposed to like people that aren't in this position, like, oh, my health insurance at work is is already pretty good. Why would I want this? Well, for one thing, I mean, I look at the just sort of the human aspect of it like, okay, you're that's great. You have great insurance. But um, what about your kids or your friends or your family, don't you want, I mean, everybody does better when everybody does better. And it does help the economy. And I know sometimes, you know, they get into the the stigma of, oh, it's just poor, lazy people. That is just not true. We are talking about working folks that can't get good health care. And honestly, people are having to make life decisions like they're staying at a job they hate or they're not starting a new business or they're we we actually even know uh a member who her and her husband got divorced after 35 years so she could stay on badger care because she had a a life-threatening illness and needed the care and the, together they made too much so people are having to like stay in jobs they hate because they need their health care. What if, what if everybody had an opportunity to get affordable health care? Uh, more people are going to open up businesses. More people are going to go to jobs they love, which leads to better health, co- health outcomes. Like, it's just better for everyone. Yeah, I think the selfish thing for other people is like, is this going to cost me more money? Well, again, if the private insurance companies who, who are paying their CEOs – 
20, 30, 40 million dollars a year, if they have to be a little more competitive, I think that's a good thing. I think that would help people. All right, we got to take a break. Christy Tweed is the community organizer for the Driftless region in southwest Wisconsin here for Citizens Action of Wisconsin. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me is Christy Tweed. She is the community organizer for the Driftless region for Citizens Action of Wisconsin. We've been talking about healthcare and more specifically healthcare in Wisconsin and how we can better make that better, I guess, for people that live in Wisconsin, which doesn't affect me. I'm kind of mad about that. But Minnesota's um, my my state has has flipped to Democrats and then the Democrats have proposed something that's called what we're talking about, a public option, Christy. And I don't have like the nitty gritty details about this, but and it, and I don't think it's going to start. What's funny is I don't think they're going to do anything with it until 2025. And by that time, like maybe the government flips two more times or flips back or, or, or flips to, uh, you know, uh, half Republican, half Democrat control. And this thing just gets put to bed and, and, and doesn't get passed. So it's always kind of funny, like, oh, Minnesota could get a public option. And then like Republicans take over the, the uh, Senate or something. And then the bill gets put to bed. Um, so we'll see if it ever comes to fruition. But in Wisconsin, you guys at Citizen Action have proposed what we're what we're talking about is a public option within a within like a Badger Care expansion. Yeah, it includes Badger Care expansion, but goes beyond that, right? It okay. does more. And and I I hear what you what you're saying, and we always feel like um, even though we know it maybe can't get passed now with the current legislator. Um, legislature, we are setting the table for what is to come. And I think I told you earlier that at the doors, this is not a partisan issue. Right. Most people want everyone to have affordable health care. They want affordable health care. So if we get fair maps back, we know that even if the Democrats don't take that, don't take over. There are going to be there are going to be representatives that live in purple districts that are going to have to start taking more reasonable votes, and this is a reasonable vote. This is an area they they should be listening to their constituents. So we're always out talking to folks and educating folks about this, so that they're letting their legislators know that they support this. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Why doesn't, why don't Republicans in the state legislature accept federal money to expand Badger care? Is that, yeah, Badger care, right? Uh, you know what? I don't, it's just partisan games, really. I, I can't give you a good, I don't understand it myself. <laughs> okay. So it's just a thing. Like we don't want, because it literally, like you said, it costs uh, Wisconsin taxpayers two about two and a half billion dollars every year to not take this. Because your federal tax dollars, for anyone listening, it, uh, you pay into the federal tax system that that, and then that money gets distributed to forty other states. While Wisconsin is one of ten states not to expand Badger Care. Right. Um, so yeah, it's baffling, and it, it, it would be nice, you know, when we send out questionnaires during campaign season to uh, Republican legislators in the area, they just don't, they don't. Uh, email them back because they're in gerrymandered districts and you bring up uh, we're in gerrymandered districts. And if that could change, that could change because there's a Wisconsin Supreme court case uh, contesting the current legislate state legislatures maps. Um, so, so we could, we could see by the next election 
those change and then that would perhaps make some of these districts a little bit more competitive, including lacrosse, which is gerrymandered towards Democrats. Uh, so so we'll see. But um, anyway, is there more to be had with the, the Wisconsin angle of, of expanding health care? Well, I know I said it earlier. I gave threw out a number, uh, but I, we, I would say I want to thank, I've talked to, and I want to thank uh, Representative Joe Billings of La Crosse and Representative Steve Doyle of the 94th uh, for co-signing onto this bill. Um, and I would encourage you to reach out to your legislators and, and talk to them about this and encourage either thank them for sign, co-signing onto it or encourage them to support it. Yeah, and, and these these outlying legislators, I believe, are mostly Republican outside of La Crosse and, and the greater La Crosse area outside of the, you know, Doyle's on Alaska-ish district. Um, they probably aren't signing on to this bill, so you would have to. But, okay, so why... <laughs> Why, why, very simple, why do people want this bill to pass? Like, what, what is it in general going to do for, for somebody, you know, uh, looking for better health insurance? I mean, besides that, they're going to get better health insurance? Yeah, and again, now there's going to be, an, there would be an option for employees, employers that have less than 50 employees, which would be amazing. Um, a lot of people are leaving working for a smaller employer to go work for a bigger company just because they need that health insurance. And, you know, we have a workforce problem. Now people could stay working for that smaller employer if they had insurance benefits. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why this plan would help uh, pretty much everyone in the state. Yeah, even if you didn't want to buy into the public option and didn't and weren't eligible for Badger Care expansion, uh, the current insurance that you you pay for might have to give you better benefits because they would have to compete with a public option in Wisconsin. Yeah, and we we you know we always forget about how it affects so many other areas of our life, right? But uh, we know daycare providers. We're having a daycare crisis in the state right now too. We have a shortage of daycare providers, and we know daycare providers have turned down hours because they have to stay under an income level to get their health care. So if that wasn't a problem, they could work more hours. So like it really does expand out and affect other industries and other people. I think a, a good way to, to talk about this, and you might not have these numbers, is just to give people like an idea of what a public option healthcare plan would look like for them. I'm making $50,000 a year. What would it cost? What would my copay be? What would my deductible be? I'm making hundred grand a year. What would that cost me a month? What would my copay be? What would my deductible be? And then they could just see like, Oh, that's that's the public option. That's I could buy into that instead of having this uh, the, what I currently have. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely don't have those numbers because those come after they start building it. But I do believe there is always a group that analyzes it and determines what the benefits or economic impact. Yeah. So it's like an economic impact study. And I haven't seen the one for the Badger Care Public Option Bill, but I don't think they would have moved forward did it not have a benefit. Uh, and I don't know the numbers because they will build it. Once it's once it's set, they will start to build it out. And then the prices 
are developed. So, you know, I can't promise everybody's going to get a better deal off the Badger case. Well, you might have you might have a better deal. The public option. They may love their insurance through their employer and decide to keep that, and that's great. We just want everyone to have fair chance at getting affordable health care. It would be great if the state or even the country just did did a survey. Do you do you like your current health insurance plan? I would I wonder what those numbers would be. I wonder what the percentage of yes and no's would be. Well I can tell you there is a group that does a healthcare survey it's a healthcare value hub and they did a twenty twenty three survey of twelve hundred Wisconsinites and over half of them reported postponing or going without care in the last 12 months because they're afraid of medical bills. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's I've been doing that for like three years now because and then I tried to uh, I tried to do the health care and then I got the first medical bill and I went, OK, I'm done. See you later. I guess I'll try to, to, to self do this again. I'll try to fix myself, uh, in, you know, in, in my in my basement. Uh, so yeah. and it's more of a physical, it's more of like a, a physical rehab thing than, you know, like I'm not, I'm not self, uh, it's, you know, making my own concoction of medicine or anything like that. But, um, all right. So is, is there any more with the healthcare, the badger care, public option, or even healthcare in general that you want to get out, Christy? Uh, just, we are, you know, Building power locally, like building uh, a healthcare group locally. So I'd just say reach out to me if you're interested. We collect healthcare stories. If anyone's got stories on medical debt or claim denials, we use those when we go talk with our legislators about this bill and other bills. We we use those stories to build support. And um, yeah, I would just say if you want to get involved. Go to our website. It's citizenactionwi.org, and uh, you can email me. It's Christy Tweed. So Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I-E dot Tweed at citizenactionwi.org. And I would love to sit down and have coffee. We're doing great things in the Dripless area. Um, get involved. It's how we make change. All right. So moving on to you, you guys are also working with with climate and I, I talk about climate maybe once a month, especially with uh, the Climate Alliance in, in La Crosse. And um, w- 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 what's your thing on climate? And, and, and is it is it Wisconsin based? Yeah. So each one of the, the co-ops. So like I, I do the Dripless co-op. Mm-hmm. I organize it in the Dripless co-op. We all kind of have our own things based on what utilities are in our area, what's going on, you know, like that we run different campaigns. Um, In the Driftless, we've been working on just making sure uh, municipalities and county governments and school districts are implementing climate action plans, which you know that La Crosse has done an amazing job and has a great climate plan, and they're a little over a year into it. So like we're hoping to have a meeting with the uh, mayor and some of those folks that worked on that plan and just updating our members on how it's going and how we can support them. But we also, you know, want school districts to implement power is second. I think it's the second highest expense for school districts. So it's a win-win if they implement a, a plan and they will save money down the road. So like we do things like that in other areas. Uh, what, wait, wait, wait. Well, what is, sure. what is a climate action plan? Why, why should, uh, you know, cities, municipalities in schools, why should they do these things? Well, 
obviously we're coming, you know, we have a climate crisis, so we're trying to, re, uh, re, sorry, I've got a little echo. No, you're good. Um, we're trying to get to a place where we know our kids are going to have a, a planet to live on. And so uh, implementing those, now we know that, uh, w- there's much bigger changes that need to take place nationally, but it does help, and it saves, in the long run, it saves money, and it takes us all. It takes everybody working together to make change. So fiscally, like having a climate action plan would help a school district? Yeah, I mean, like I said, energy is, I think, their second highest expense after staff. So, yeah, if you can reduce, if you can do solar and you can do things that will reduce the amount of energy costs you have, yeah, it it will definitely have a impact. Yeah, when I think of uh, what like businesses or school districts or even cities, the the one easy one is like the gym lights when they turn off on their own or turn on their motion detected, and the amount of money that uh, you know, like places that just have lighting, I guess even our bathroom lights here do that on their own. They turn it on and on and off. Even just simple things like that save a ton of money. And we're not alone. Uh, there are some great climate groups. We work together with, uh, souls and, uh, the group you mentioned earlier, the cross climate Alliance and, uh, um, one of our biggest partners has been Sierra Club. So, like, we're stronger together, and I, climate is definitely not my uh, area of expertise, but I have members that are in our Dripless Co-op that are just super amazing on climate and are uh, participating frequently in meetings and events uh, to get things going here in La Crosse County. I will say it's the, the group that I have on, the Climate Alliance for the Common Good. That's the, yes. that's the group. Yep. Um, all right. So is there legislation that gets proposed that, that we would like our, you know, state to, to kind of sign on to that would help? Right now, there isn't anything that I'm aware of. Um, we do other work with like making sure utilities are holding up their end of the deal, especially as far as like climate equity. So we know in Minnesota, XL Energy has on-bill financing, and we would really like them to do that in Wisconsin. So that means that, you know, when you get offers for rebates on uh, energy reducing things like maybe it's a, a high efficiency water heater furnace mm-hmm. and you get a, well a lot of people can't afford to take advantage of that rebate right so in Minnesota Excel uh, Energy actually has on bill financing like we'll we'll just spread it over on your bill right so you can take advantage of that now yeah. Yeah, and and quite often people's energy reduction in their energy, their bill is less with that on-billing, on-bill financing. So we think that they should be doing that in Wisconsin as well. This is kind of like the, this is a weird analogy, but the the person that can't afford the $200 pair of work boots always buys the $10 pair of work boots. And then every six months has to buy, or every maybe every year has to buy a new pair of work boots. And $10 is way too little, but they're $50, right? And then, you know, after four years, they have spent $200 on work boots. Meanwhile, the person that can afford the $200 work boots keeps them for a decade because they're awesome. 
And uh, so if you have like, if you're just, if you have this old water heater and then you, you replace it with one you can only afford on marketplace. Okay. And then you just keep replacing it <laughs> instead of being able to buy like a high efficiency, brand new one um, You in, in the, in the, even in the short run, but in the long run, you'll save a lot more money. Exactly. Um, yeah. All right. What other things, uh, Citizen Action of Wisconsin, what other things you're working on, Christy? You know, we recruit and, and train and advise uh, uh, local people that are interested in running for local offices. So if anyone's thinking about getting involved, they can either come join Citizen Action or if they're thinking about running for office like a nonpartisan office like school board or uh, city council or county board, you know, feel free to give me a call because we'd love to, like, help you in that decision-making and... Uh, and see if it's a good fit for you and and just sort of guide you. We have some training programs, and, you know, we just want good people to run for office, like I said, that are going to listen to their constituents and, and give everyone a seat at the table and not play partisan politics. So it's almost like a, I, I want to run for office. I want to run for school board. I want to run for state legislature or something, but I don't even know where to start. You guys would be able to help with that? Absolutely. Okay, that's Christy Tweed. She is the community organizer for the Driftless Region of you know, or Southwest Wisconsin for Citizens Action of Wisconsin. Uh, and she she gave us the information. This this podcast will be uh, this this show will be a podcast here, so you can get that. But Christy, again, like Citizen Action of Wisconsin, uh, just Google that. It's as easy as that to get to your yeah, website or citizenactionwi.org.org. org. All right. Thanks a lot, Christy. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we're going to take one more break and wrap up. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Christy Tweed from Citizen Action of Wisconsin. Pretty interesting conversation about healthcare in a Wisconsin way. Usually we we talk about this in a national way, which is, I feel like, and she even alluded to it, it's not all that productive because you want the thing. I want the thing. I just want to get to the end. I want the, uh, I don't have to think about a healthcare plan where you can just go to the doctor and worry about your health instead of worrying about what the doctor cost is going to be. And that's probably, where are we? A hundred years from now, maybe we'll have that. But at this point, it's the baby steps approach, right? What about Bob? Baby steps. <laughs> we'll do that. Can I use that movie as a reference? People, people understand that. It's kind of out of season at this point. I need like uh, planes, trains, and automobile references at this point. I think that's the uh, I think that's the November Thanksgiving movie. If I'm going to uh, a Thanksgiving movie, um, coming up tomorrow, I'm going to try to have the UWL football coach on as they get prepare for a home playoff game. First home playoff game since 2006. They're doing that Saturday. Minnesota Morris they play. Minnesota Morris isn't ranked. UWL has been ranked fourth pretty much uh, since they beat Whitewater some weeks ago. And they're only ranked fourth and not third or second or first because the first, the top three teams just haven't lost. And one of those three teams is a team UWL played in the playoffs last year. Uh, but the interesting thing with UWL, aside from having a home game Saturday, is if they win the first two games, it's way down the road. Uh, they will have a rematch with their only loss this season. So that's pretty exciting. So hopefully uh, doing that interview tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening.